This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. He, he wants <laughs> nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. Uh, as we head uh, to a, what should be here in the metropolitan area, a beautiful uh, July weekend. Training camps right around the corner. Uh, some already open. Uh, rookies are ready, reporting. Guys at practice are ready. So uh, the NFL is underway, and before you know it, we are a month away from college football. And remember, as you get ready for the fall and all your wagering needs, go to the Bet Rivers app for everything you need. They have uh, put a lot of work into it. They put a lot of imagination into it, put a lot of thought into it for the players. So check it out, the Bet Rivers app. Uh, and remember that our podcast is uh, brought to you by exclusively by Bet Rivers. And for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut, and we'll have some other stuff as we have some uh, new things to talk about coming up for the football season, so we'll do that as we get a little later into August. You know, I, I didn't give you a pick for the um, British Open. I just I didn't have a feeling for anybody. I, there was no one that jumped out at me. I thought about uh, Victor Hovland, but I've never been one to pick him. Uh, I thought about Cameron Smith, but then I said, eh, you know, I don't know if I want to go that direction. Um, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't come up with someone. If I could root for someone, though, uh, I would root for Fleetwood, who got off to a good start. Now, Fleetwood is about to tee off on his Friday round, uh, and uh, Harmon is already in, having caught it a 65. He's 10 under par. Now, he's not a guy you think about for majors, but you know what? He set a very, very good uh, mark today and has a very good cushion. The only one who really has a great chance to put a big number on Harmon today is Fleetwood. Uh, he hasn't teed off yet, and he's five under par. Also, Rosner, but I'm not expecting that much from Rosner. Um, uh, Lee is in at minus three for the two days, 71-68. A uh, couple other guys in at decent scores. Um, Spieth is three under par, just starting his second round. Uh, some guys who were one under, who you have to watch, like Kepka and Scheffler and those guys, uh, caught at 70s. Yes, they haven't teed off yet. So we'll see where they wind up going to the weekend. But Harmon should have the lead and watch for Fleetwood, who would be a very, very popular victory, a really popular victory. He's not been able to win in America. He's won a lot in Europe, but he hasn't won a major yet, and he, we know he has the game to do that and a beautiful swing. We'll see how he does after uh, shooting a five-under 
66 on opening uh, day. So let's see how he does. Now, moving to baseball as we start the weekend, the Yankees don't limp home. They crawl home uh, off just an incredibly bad road trip, an embarrassing road trip. And now, let's be honest, they get three games that were made to order. Okay. The Royals are dreadful. The Royals have less fight than the A's. The A's fight you. They lose, but they fight you. They've lost an incredible amount of games in the ninth inning. They've lost an incredible amount of one-run games, but they fight you. The Royals don't even fight you, and they've only won one more game than the A's. They are a team winning less than 30% of their games. They got shut out by the Tigers yesterday. They crawl into Yankee Stadium, and if the Yankees, who have coal in the middle game, can't sweep Sweep. Let's not talk about anything else before the Yankees get the Mets next uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. If the Yankees can't sweep the Royals, then what are we talking about? They've lost nine of their last 11. They got swept by the Angels. They have been embarrassed by bad pitchers, okay? Embarrassed time after time by mediocre. I mean, they brought a guy out of the minors the other day and he struck out double digits. I mean, it's just ridiculous how bad the Yankees are offensively. And... If they can't get come home and sitting as they are right now at the bottom of the division, a game behind the Red Sox, the Red Sox and the Mets will play this weekend up in Boston. The Yankees are three games over 500. And if you go back for the Yankees over the last 160 games, even if you go over the last 200 games, they're about a 500 club. They haven't been a good ball club in a while. And they're three games over 500 now. And they have been an awful team offensively. Not bad, awful. They've been pitiful at times. I mean, they don't even hit the long ball anymore. And they have all kinds of problems. And let's be honest, getting Donaldson out here is a blessing. The only thing that kept Donaldson from being one of the, and the Yankees from being a laughing stock by putting Donaldson in the middle of the lineup was the fact that Donaldson somehow, in his 15 hits, hit 10 homers, which is very weird. I mean, even Joey Gallo doesn't do that. But he still hit 130. You don't want him anywhere near the field. Not that Peraz is off to a good start, because he sure isn't, okay? Um, the Yankees continue to force-feed guys and put them into the lineup and act like, oh, you know, they, don't worry, they'll be fine. Hey, they're not fine. They have all kinds of problems. Look at Volpe again. Volpe's now in a, in a bad stretch, okay? I mean, Peraz is hitting 190. His OPS fits right in at 572. Uh, Volpe's in a slump again now, uh, chasing the high fastball, which he does a lot, uh, striking out at a very, very high number. I mean, he's in a terrible slump. His batting average is down now to 207. And you know what? He strikes out a lot. And at least they took him out of the leadoff spot, thank God, because he, you know what? He's not a leadoff hitter. That's all there is to it. You can't be a leadoff hitter when you're on base percentage is 270. And he has struck out 107 times already this year. I mean, he's on a pace to strike out 200 times or 190. You know, and let's be honest. If the Yankees are going to go anywhere, they might make a trade. There's a lot of trades that are being talked about right now. Soto's being talked about. They're talking about a trade with the Cardinals. 
that would get them a pitcher and an outfielder. They're talking about a bunch of trades. The Yankees need an everyday left-handed hitting power outfielder. Corner outfielder, left-handed with power. Anything else doesn't make sense. But if the Yankees are going to go anywhere the rest of the season, if August and September are going to matter for anything, they have got to get Rizzo, Stanton, and LeMayu going in the right direction. Stanton has had his moments. Okay? He's had his moments of late. He's hit five homers in his last 55 at-bats. So from that standpoint, I understand he's only hit 200, and in his last 30 bats, he's only hit 140, but at least he gets the ball out of the ballpark on occasion. When you look at what you're getting out of Rizzo, it's gotten to the point of just ridiculousness. Rizzo hit 11 home runs early in the season. He looked like he was going to have a wonderful year. Rizzo has now gone 45 games without a homer. I mean, he's four for his last 30 with a 161 on base percentage and a 167 slugging percentage. He's eight for his last 56 with a 143 average and a 200 on base percentage and a 160 slugging percentage. He has two RBIs in his last 60 at-bats. Two, he's in the middle of the lineup. He's got two RBIs. Got seven RBIs in his last 35 games with no homers. He doesn't drive the ball anywhere. And then LeMayu, you know what? He's almost in the same boat. He doesn't do anything either. So when you're dealing with this stuff day after day, and those are the guys with Judge Out that are in the middle of your order. You know, in his last 15 games, LeMayo's hitting 250 with one RBI. He's had some hits in his last 25 bats, but you know what? He has no RBIs. Last 100 at bats, LeMayo has six RBIs hitting 208. They have got to get those three guys going in some Direction. That's the middle of, that's the core of your team right now. Torres, who everybody's always got on the block, you know what? He's been their best hitter. He's been their best hitter. He's hit 400 in his last, you know, seven, eight games. He's hit 330 in his last 15 games. He's hit 300 in his last 30 games. I mean, Torres has been hitting. He hasn't been hitting, you know, not going to cover off the ball with a lot of power, but he's hitting. You're living with that. They don't have a leadoff hitter. They don't have any left-handed power with Rizzo down. They don't have any middle of their lineup right now that would scare anybody. There's nobody in that lineup would judge out that even scares anybody a little right now. They are desperate to bring a power bat and listen, they don't have to, you know, blow up the world and get a Tani. They need to get a power-hitting left fielder. I mean, he could play right field, but you'd like him to play left field. And he needs to be left-handed. They have 
plenty of right-handed hitters. You don't want them to go up against a guy with a breaking ball or a slider that shuts them down when he shouldn't because they're all right-handed. So they get almost three games to kind of blow the stink off against the Royals. Two out of three is not enough. Two out of three is not enough. Two out of three losses, and you might as well pack the bags against this team. Two out of three wins is not enough. They need to sweep this team this weekend, sweep them out of the ballpark. And then get ready for a couple of games against the Mets. As for the Mets, all right, they didn't get the third game, which they desperately needed. You know, they, you know, two out of three against the White Sox isn't enough. Right now, I'm sorry, when the White Sox come in as bad as they are playing and the White Sox have given up, the White Sox are all looking at each other and saying, are you going to get traded? 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 There are a lot of guys in the White Sox who people want. Both pitchers and regulars. How many of them are going? We'll wait and see. The White Sox won 93 games two years ago. Last year, they won 80 games. This year, they're lucky if they win 65 games the way they're going. They're a bad team. Right now, the Mets have their own problems. And they need to get some consistency going. And the biggest of their problems right now is the Mets go as Alonzo goes, and Alonzo is going nowhere. Did he come back too early from the injury? Absolutely did. Should have stayed clear of the home run derby. Should have basically gotten out of there and rested those days because he needed to. And let's be honest. Alonzo has just, you know, gotten mired in a bad slump. His last 30 at-bats, he's hitting 87. He has two homers in his last 15 games, and he's hitting 115 in that time and slugging 250. He is having a very rough go of it. The Mets don't go, even when they're getting picked up by guys like, and let's be honest, Alvarez has had a year now that nobody expected this. I mean, the guy's got 19 home runs in 200 at-bats. He's had a great season for them. He's got 40 RBIs and 200 at-bats. The guy's had a great year for them. You got a catcher with an, you know, an 840 OPS. Doing a heck of a job. But if Alonzo is not there day in and day out, and guys like McNeil still can't get out of their own way, I mean, here's a guy, you know, one of batting crown is hitting 246 with no power. It's not like he decided I'm going to pull ball and get pull heavy and hit a bunch of home runs and give up his batting average. He's had three homers. So it's not like he did that. You know, he hit nine homers last year when he batted 326. He's hit three homers this year and he's batting 245. So Alonzo and McNeil and guys like that, and they're getting nothing out of Marte who they just put on the I.L. because of his migraines. 
you know, Pham carried the team for a while. I don't know if you expect him to carry it. He's a good bat. And they've gotten a good year out of him. They really have. 35 RBIs, some power with nine home runs out of 200 at-bats. He's hit well. He's got, you know, good slugging numbers. He's done a good job. He's been a good hitter for them. He really has. And the thing you're looking best is that the last couple of times you've seen now Verlander and then a little bit better on Scherzer. I don't trust Scherzer yet. I'm starting to trust Verlander that Verlander's getting into a really good groove right now. That's something they can hang their hat on if they can, you know, Verlander in his last seven starts has got a two ERA. He's starting to get it. You know, all the numbers are where you want them to be. He's got, you know, he's only given up 30 hits in his last 45 innings. You know, he's starting to pitch like Verlander. You're getting that. So if you have him and Senga and Scherzer, and you get anything out of Quintana going forward, you can piecemeal that starting rotation, which will take a little bit of pressure off the middle of the bullpen. The back of the bullpen doesn't kill him. It's just the middle of the bullpen that destroys it, as is the case with a lot of teams. You can't get in the underbelly of your bullpen. You get destroyed there. But the Mets have a lot of work to do, and they haven't yet shown you anything that even, you know, resembles resembles consistency. But there's seven back in the loss column, in the wild card. I can see those teams come back. I can see that happen. If the Mets can put together now, again, the Mets are going to have to play. They're going to have to have a real good stretch. Otherwise, they're not going to have a chance at the wild card. They're going to have to get a real good stretch and go from six games under 500 to somewhere about five games over 500. At that point, they can launch a real threat, but not until they get to somewhere around that mark. And they got a lot of work to do to get to that mark. That means put together a 20 and 10 month. Put together a 30 game span where they can go 20 and 10. If they can't do that, they can't get back in it. They can't make the September games count. If they could do that, they can make the September games count. With the Yankees, it's about Rizzo and Stanton and LeMayu. With the Mets, it's about Verlander and Scherzer. I figure Alonzo will come out of it. I figure he came back too early. He's been hurt. He'll come out of it. I don't know what's going on with McNeil. McNeil seems very unhappy. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's Lindor. I don't know if it's a problem. I don't know what the deal is with him. They haven't been consistent in any way. But if they can get led by Verlander and Scherzer, they might be able to put a streak together, maybe, and make at least a somewhat reasonable run at a wild card. But again, they have to set themselves to be in position in September, and that means be over 500, not under 500. And they're still six under. And they're going to Boston this weekend, which won't be easy. Then they're going to Yankee Stadium, which won't be easy. So they got their work cut out for them. 
We got a lot more work to do. Should be an interesting weekend. Hey, anytime, you know, you go up and there's a New York, even if it's the Mets. I understand it's not the Yankees, but still, the Mets and the Red Sox is interesting. Anytime you go up to Boston for the weekend, it's interesting. And the Red Sox have hit really well. You know, they've done, they've done a very good job. They really have. And they've done a very good job offensively. Surprising job. And of course, you know, very much, very much always a thorn in their side. You know, they have, you know, this is why this guy, he's just a hitter. Turner has done a great job for the Red Sox. I mean, he's got 15 homers and 61 RBIs. Batting 290. He's had a terrific year. The guy's just a, he's just a hitter. That's all there is. That's all there is to it. He's just a hitter. And you know, you got Devers in there. Who's one of the best players in baseball. You know, he's got 23 homers and 73 RBIs. I mean, that's, those are, those are good numbers in the middle of that lineup. You know that they, they got some guys hitting in the middle of that lineup. You know, he got Turner with 60, 61 RBIs. And Yoshida, Verdugo. So they're dangerous. They really are. So go down the line with them. You know, that they, they, got, they got a good offense. Led by uh, Devers and, and, of course, Turner, the two of them. And Turner, you know what? I have great respect for him as an offensive player. He's just a good offensive player. And he's gone there and done a terrific job. And you see this hitting somewhere around 320. I mean, they, they, they got some hitters. So that'll be an interesting weekend for the Mets up in Boston. The Yankees, hey, just win the three games again. I mean, can it be any easier than having the Royals come in? I mean, the Royals are just awful. That's all. You, that's it. That's it. What else are you going to say? They're twenty-eight and seventy. If you can't beat that team, the team is forty-two games under five hundred. You got to be able when you desperately need to get something going and get your offense going and get your team winning again. You you couldn't have it made any better than to have the Royals come in for three games. You know, um, two things on football. It's early. I don't want to spend a lot of time on football yet. Is anybody surprised that you get rave reviews out of the Jet Camp on, on their new quarterback? He's like a coach. Well, he's 39 years old, and he's an all-time great. Listen, no team has experienced a greater change at the position in the history of the NFL then the Jets are undergoing a quarterback this year. They went from having nothing at the position to having an all-time great at the position. I don't think for a second that Aaron Rodgers is done. I think he's going to have an enormous year as long as they protect him. He's got enough skill around him. He's got running backs. 
He's got explosive skill at the receiver position. They're going to be good. And as for the Giants and, and Barkley, hey, how can anybody think it's any? it makes any sense for Barkley to do anything except take the contract? He is a running back. They don't get paid. Cook didn't get paid. None of them get paid. Paula didn't get paid. Jacobs didn't get paid. They don't get paid. And if you think there's a big contract waiting somewhere for him, there isn't. And if he gives up that money for this year, which is almost $11 million, he will never recoup it. He will hurt his career dramatically if he holds out. Makes no sense. Hey, you have to understand, you're playing a position right now where you are not going to make the big money. Sorry. I don't care what you see a tight end get. I don't care what you see a wide receiver get. I don't care what you see a quarterback get. You're not getting it at running back. And if he doesn't get in there at a reasonable time to be in top shape for game one, he is only hurting himself. Yes, he'll hurt the Giants, but he'll hurt himself more. Suck it up and play. That should be the the real cold, good advice that he should receive. There's no alternative. None. It's just the way it is. And I hate that every move for the Jets is chronicled and is on camera. And if anybody thinks that's good for them, they're out of their minds. This team needs to learn a lot between now and the opening week of the season. It needs to learn how to operate like a real team. It needs to understand what it now has at the quarterback position, and it didn't need all the distractions it's going to get from hard knocks. The only reason I haven't pounded the Jets on that is because it's still my understanding that the Jets didn't want it. But it's not a positive. It's a negative. I told you that my biggest question I have is whether or not that coaching staff is ready for what's coming and ready for what is possible having that quarterback behind center. Can they be good enough in terms of game plan, in terms of preparing their team, in terms of culling the roster and doing what has to be done? Are they good enough to do that? Can they play? Can they raise their level? And they'd have to raise their level in terms of game planning, in terms of sideline communication, in terms of just cohesiveness inside a unit and how they teach their players. They need to be better at that. You can't just expect Aaron Rodgers to wipe away every mistake in that franchise. You're asking him not only to come in and spark an offense, you're also asking him to completely change the culture from abject losers to winners in a training camp 
Let's get to your emails right after. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. I'm going to do the emails real quick. I know we've done a pretty long cast. So here we go. I'm going to do some emails very quick with quick answers. Here we go. I promised I would do some. I want to do some. Remember, send your emails to Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. Jason. Would you empty out your minor league top prospects, including Volpe, to go after Soto? Um, I don't think the Yankees have any intention of trading Volpe. I don't think they'd have to give Volpe up to get Soto. I would get Soto. Yes, I would give up prospects to get Soto. The Yankees have prospects. They have arms. They have prospects. And San Diego has money issues because their TV deal fell apart. I would get Soto. Yes, if I'm the Yankees. Sean, I notice with baseball, basketball, and hockey, fans root for the local team. But for the NFL, I notice a lot of people root for out-of-market teams. Hey, that is the enormous appeal and strength of the NFL. You can follow your team as completely, whether you are a Giant fan, a Jet fan, a Cowboy fan, a Steeler fan, a Dolphin fan, it makes no difference. Because the league is presented as a whole every day it is broadcast. That's what makes it different. Other sports are regional in nature and only national in their championship round. The NFL is national every single day. Richard, do you think it's wrong that the Yankees are putting some weekend games on streaming services which shut out older, lifelong fans that don't know how to use the technology? Not only don't know how to use the technology, can't afford to buy all the different technologies. Absolutely unfair to their fans. Completely, and they could care less. They're in it to make every buck they can. Baseball is, the Yankees are. Mike, what's your feel on Josh Allen as a quarterback? Um, I like him a lot. Um, he's still a little rough around the edges. I thought, I thought he took a step back last year. I think it's because he lost Dable. I'm not sure, but uh, that would be my issue. Um, you saw him make some really bad decisions last year that you didn't see the year before, especially in the red zone. Uh, but he's a very talented player. Uh, Doug, I recently saw a poll about Eli Manning and making the Hall of Fame. Uh, a lot of fans replying seemingly saying that he wasn't. I don't know uh, how to get someone who was merely just a football fan not thinking he's a Hall of Famer with his postseason credentials. Listen, I understand why some people want to be hard markers with Eli Manning. That's fine. He's not an automatic Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer for two reasons. Number one, his longevity allowed him to compile, which a lot of people want from Hall of Famers in any sport. He has good numbers in terms of, you know, all-time stuff like yardage and touchdown passes and stuff like that. He did win just over 50% of his games, which is uh, okay but not great. Uh, but he has been a brilliant postseason performer. He is a two-time Super Bowl-winning MVP quarterback. There are only five of those. Four of them are Hall of Famers. Eli will be the fifth. Uh, George... What would it take for the Yankees to move on from Brian Cashman? I don't know. I don't think that it's even in the cards. Uh, the Yankees are doing Volpe harm by keeping him in the majors. His average, his on-base percentage, his OPS are beyond bad. 
let him develop at a, a, in AAA and then hand him the shortstop job. Listen, they didn't do it to this point. He has gone through, in my estimate, three really bad stretches. This is the third right now. He has come out of the first two with adjustments, and I think he will come out of this. The one thing I would say is I don't see any of this in any way hurting Volpe. He seems to have the right temperament for this, and the Yankees probably knew that. He has the right temperament to handle all the failure he's receiving this year. It doesn't seem, I don't see him dragging his bat back to the dugout. I don't see him sulking in the field when he has a three or four strikeout game. I don't see any of that. I see him playing hard. I, think, I see him playing heads up. So I, I don't think at this point it's even in the cards or anything to deal with. He's made it to August. If he's made it to August, there's no reason to put him in the minors at all anymore. First of all, there's not a lot of minor league season left. Secondly, you've already put him through over 100 games. You've given him baptism under fire, and he has survived that. I understand he has slumped badly. His overall numbers are not great. But you know what? It's been a learning experience, and it should make him a lot better next year. So there's no reason to put him in the minors. Uh, this is probably a dumb question. Well, if you start it that way, it probably is. But how do we as fans know teams have issues, but somehow the teams don't know? Listen, it's not a dumb question, but it's your perception. The teams know everything you know and more. It's not like you're surprising them because I talk to people and have, you know, in my position and what I've done through the years, I know a, a lot of the folks. And the bottom line is they always know what's going on. They might not agree with your assessment, number one. Number two, it doesn't mean they can fix things like you think they can fix things. Okay? Now, sometimes they don't agree. Like, I've been adamant about the imbalance in the Yankee lineup for years. And the Yankees don't agree with that. And Cash hasn't agreed with that. And I just think he's been dead wrong. And I think we've showed him he's been dead wrong. Now, part of the thing that has vindicated him was Judge's performance, which has been so good. But other than that, there's no balance in that lineup. And the Yankees were made through the years with left-handed power. They need left-handed power and take advantage of their games at Yankee Stadium. They don't do that anymore. And I think it hurts them dramatically. They need left-handed power. And Cash is very resistant to that. He has never minded st stacking the lineup with right-handed players. And I think that is a colossal mistake. So I think the teams recognize it. They might just be stubborn. And sometimes they might not think there's a quick fix to the problem which you might think there's always a... I think fans think you can just wave a magic wand. You can trade this guy, you can sit this guy down, you can do this, you can do that. It's not as easy to react with something big every day. You have to use subtleties when you're running a franchise, whether managing it or running it from a free front office point of view. You have to do that. As far as Boone, I think there's some problems in the coordination between analytics and, and, and the manager. Number two, I'm just so tired of him coming out and giving you this, you know, sunny, uh, hey, you know, we're fine. We're going we're gonna to lay a lot of hurt on people. You know, we got the players. We're really good. No, you're not. You haven't been good in a while, and you're not good. And, the, and what you present and what you send to the plate is not good. And someone's got to realize that. It's not good. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 
If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.